0: Hello and welcome to the powerful personal brand podcast, where I and my guests share tips to help and inspire you to build a great personal brand to increase your visibility and authority. I am your host Claire Bond, and on today's show, I am joined by Laura Templeton. Laura is an interna- international speaker author of 30 Second Success, Ditch the Pitch and Start Connecting and a communications consultant. She works with business owners and professionals who understand the power of connecting and want to make the most of their networking with an impactful 30 second message that leads to deeper conversations and more opportunities. Who doesn't want that? (laughs) Laura inspires audiences around the world to dig deep and to find the words that define who they are and how they serve others, helping women, helping business owners and professionals ditch the pitch and start connecting. That is her passion and her mission. Thank you and welcome, Laura, for being here. Got a lot of great information to talk about today.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you inviting me on your show. Yeah, so a lot of
0: um, so what I think is is interesting because you call it the thirty second message. I always kind of I always hear of like the elevator pitch and all of these kind of things. So I like that because it's it's a message instead of a pitch, right? I feel like a pitch has more of a salesy, slimy. Aspect to it I don't know maybe that's just me <laughs>
1: <laughs> no you're absolutely right and a lot of um, a lot of entrepreneurs really kind of shy away from the idea of pitching their business because they don't want to feel salesy and sleazy mm-hmm. and I don't know why why people think sales is sleazy, but yeah. you know, it's well it's because there are salespeople
0: that are sleazy.
1: Mm, right? The yes, ones that slip
0: into true. your the DMs on true. your LinkedIn and all this kind of stuff <laughs> and you're just like, What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's yes. why there've so, been bad salespeople that have given it a bad name.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, and we all grew up with you know the whole sleazy car salesman thing, yeah, and I think that like sticks in your brain from when you're a child, so right. it's like, yeah, who wants to be that guy, right? right?
0: <laughs> so no, thank how you. How important is it for for you know business owners and um, you know professionals to network, and what exactly? What does networking exactly? What does it mean to you? Okay
1: that's a uh, you know that's one of those things a lot of people really ask me about with my business because I really focus on people who network Mm -hmm. people who are networking have the opportunity to share their message they have the opportunity to share what they do and how they serve people from an authentic heartfelt message Mm -hmm. that really resonates with them Mm -hmm. and when you step into a networking environment, whether it's virtual or in person, you have an opportunity to introduce yourself, share a little bit about the work that you do. A lot of times they go round robin and people have to do their 30 second message. Mm -hmm. That's where what I do comes in because 9 times out of 10 people either a they say way too much or b they share something that like totally doesn't describe what they do or how they help their their ideal clients mm-hmm. and that's the spark that you really need to hit on you really need to hit on that intentional message. It's about who you are and it's about your brand, right? It's, it's that brand messaging that we talk about so mm. often that really connects you to your ideal client in an emotional way that attracts the right clients to your business rather than you having to chase them all the time. Right. Well, and I,
0: what I think is interesting, so <laughs> I don't want to call anyone out here, but I, I have a lot of people on this show and a lot of the bios make no sense. I'm like, did you ask anyone to read this over? Because I am literally saying gobbledygook. It makes no sense. Yours was clear. And I think that's the biggest thing is that no one they're they're trying, they're trying to cram all these things together. They're trying to wordsmith it. They're trying to I always say Jedi mind trick people, like, I'm gonna tell you everything. This one statement is going to be everything. And while I do think bios and those things. It is great when it can be succinct. I just think, you know, it's not the be all end all. And you certainly just have someone read it over. Do you like, what is your kind of, (laughs) uh, because I mean, do you agree with me? I mean, sometimes I look at these and I'm like, Oh my God, what is this? I'll tweak them and I'll change them Mm -hmm. because it doesn't make sense. And I have to say it. And I'm like, I want people to be able to kind of figure out what this is all about, but what is your tip to make this little bio, the little 30 second pitch? What is your thing, the tips that you can give to make it really impactful and people understand
1: it? Right. So one of the things that you touched on was clarity. Yes. And I think that being very succinct about what you do is important to every message you put out there, not just your bio, you, but your website content, mm-hmm. the content that you're writing about your business, content that you're writing, writing about the programs that you're putting out there. Everything that you do, it really comes down to clarity. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that really muddies the waters is people are afraid to niche and and really find that specific ideal client they want to work with. We know that, you know, marketing 101 is find your ideal client, create that ideal client avatar. But there are a lot of people that are afraid to do that because they're afraid they're going to leave people behind. So Mm -hmm. they will add a lot of words Like, oh, well, maybe this might attract this person over here. And, oh, maybe this might attract this person over here. But when it comes to, you know, really tailoring down to that message, it's it's number one, really starting with your ideal client. Understanding Mm -hmm. deeply what it is that their problem is. What is it that they're struggling with? And speaking to that issue Mm -hmm. in particular, Mm -hmm. right? Because there are coaches. There are coaches for every single thing that you need in yeah. your life, there's financial coaches, there's business coaches, there's fitness coaches, there's a coach for everything that you need in your life. And you may need multiple coaches for the same thing mm-hmm. because they speak to you in different ways and they touch on different issues. Like I personally, you know, I really work on that communication side of your messaging right we deep dive deep into the messaging around you know programs that you're offering your website and things like that but it really starts with what is the pain or problem what is it that you're struggling with that you can't communicate that you need my help with right and when you start to put yourself into that position and you start to really get clear on the work that you're doing and who you're serving Mm -hmm. your message becomes more clear and then it, it, the transformation that happens in so many people when they have the clarity, confidence comes with it. Yeah. And they can speak more boldly about their work.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think that's where we get, we do get wishy-washy because a lot of times we hear bits and pieces of things that other people are saying, oh, I like that. I might yeah. say that about me. I'm like, put oh, that i put that in there too. that. <laughs> I, I like what they're doing. Let me add that. And it's, no, who are you? You know, at the end of the day, it's really who are you and who do you serve and how do I- you serve them. I think
0: one, I mean, I'll just kind of speak for myself, when I started out doing this business, my, who I served is different than who I serve now. So sometimes I struggle and I struggle with kind of some of my clients. They want to, they want to niche, they want this avatar so badly, so badly. And sometimes my whole thing is, and give me your input. I'm totally fine if you don't agree with me. But I find that when you're so, when you're basic, you haven't done any business, you haven't done anything, you haven't put yourself out there, you don't even know who likes your messaging, you don't even know if it lands well, you know, I think there's a kind of a trial and error, and sometimes you learn who is attracted to your messaging, and maybe it's not who you want, and you need to change it, but sometimes (laughs) you could learn there is a niche that you didn't know existed that is so attracted to your messaging that you're like, huh. Didn't didn't see that one coming. Messaging is different now. I'm, I'm in that position. Do you? I mean, yes. what is your feeling? I mean, do you think that you kind of like stick to this avatar? And do you want people to like rigidly stick to this? Or do you agree that it can that it evolves?
1: You know, I just had this conversation with a young woman that I was on a video conference with earlier today. And one of the things that we talked about is in, very early on in your career with your business, you have a lot of ideas and there's a lot of people that you can reach. So mm-hmm. your ideal client can be very fluid in that first one to two years. But you start to see who, really re- who you really resonate with. Mm hmm. And like you said, a lot of times you start to attract the wrong client and it's like, oh yeah, no, I don't want another one of them. <sighs> and you, so you really start to tailor your message that speaks to the people that you love to work with. I tell people all the time, tell, ex- describe for me the one client that you absolutely loved working with and were so sad when, you, when that experience was over. Mm-hmm. And if you could have a hundred of that same client that's the person that you want to start attracting to your business. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you have to enjoy what you do mm-hmm. in order to continue the work that you, the hard work that you put into it yes. has to be rewarding to you personally, mm-hmm. not just, not just financially, but professionally and internal, you know, like that emotional connection has to be there. I, I'm, I love that you say that. Cause I,
0: we, we literally deal with this all the time with clients <laughs> that, that they, they, are just now starting with their personal brand and they really want what's I'm here, here's my message. I haven't gone out the door with this ever who's my client. <laughs> and I feel like that <laughs> and you're like uh, and they get very frustrated. So you're like here's some paper, you know, here's here's your avatar right now. But it right. literally next week it could it could change because we don't know. And I love that you that you kind of say you agree with that because it's it it is very frustrating cuz I didn't know. I mean, this this the version of this business started in 2019. And that, yeah, you kind of start tailoring based on your clients. And we have 100%. My, the my um, the CEO and the co-founder, he has changed the messaging in our sales calls to make sure that we don't attract those clients that we absolutely couldn't stand. So I feel like sometimes you can't do it until you've dealt with the good, the bad, and the ugly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So sometimes you're, t- and, and as you as you level up, you, as your business grows and you start to really step into owning that ownership of your business and you start to find those intentional needs and connections that are, are meant to serve the community at large, mm-hmm. I, I can tell you how many coaches I've worked with that find that they're starting to move up and they're doing more impactful work. Which means they're they're attracting a different level of client at this point in time. So when you're attracting a different level of client, you need to start making sh- you need to make sure that your messaging mm-hmm. is what's attracting those clients or that really resonates, right? Mm-hmm. You want to make sure that your message is spot on and speaking to the heart of those clients, so they know this is the person I want to work with. Mm-hmm. I and find, they're passionate about making that message stick. Yeah,
0: I, I find also that sometimes that your ideal client will give you the language that'll mm. attract them. Do you find that? Yeah. Like, they literally will say what they want and why they found you. And you're like, interesting. So, so Mm -hmm. you know, our CEO, like, he's always kind of like pulling these little nuggets. Ooh, someone said this in a call. We need to put this in our summer messaging Mm because it's what is attracting them. Do you Mm -hmm. find that?
1: I do, and I absolutely encourage people to get testimonials mm. because there's so many golden nuggets in those testimonials. People mm-hmm. say the most beautiful things about the work that you've done and the experiences that they've had with you. So those testimonials are so important, and, and you can pull from them for your own messaging, for your content, because you're speaking to your ideal clients when you're yeah. getting those great tidbits from them um, that they're willing to share. So I encourage people all the time, use LinkedIn, use Alignable, use the different avenues to ask people for their testimonials, not just after you're done working with them, but while they're in the work with you, mm-hmm. right? Because they're feeling it. They're in that most emotional connection. They're experiencing the work that you're doing with them in the moment mm-hmm. so ask them for a testimonial while it's happening yeah. and, or record one while you're while you're sitting with them and say hey can we do a quick a quick video uh, can you share a little bit about what you love about the work that we're doing and that's transformational to your messaging to your brand to everything that you're putting out there because people are sharing with you their why and why what drove them to connecting with you and how you're helping them mm-hmm
0: I love it. I I think that that one thing I want to make sure that people are taking away from this when watching and, and are, are listening is that especially when you're starting out, you don't need to have it all figured out. That is exactly what I've been saying. It's what Laura is saying, and it's okay, it'll change. I'm how many how many different I would I would put you on the spot here, Laura. How many different kind of like branding statements and ideal avatars have you had during the life of this particular business?
1: Do you Um, even know? I I probably, you know, it's so funny because I probably have changed it over the course of, you know, at least once a year for the seven years that I've been running my business. Yeah. And it's because I grow and I'm attracting different people to my business and what I want to put out there is important. Yeah. Um, But I, you know, but there there is a benefit also to, sticking with one really good message. Right, right? it and, can be and tweaked, remembering right? Remembering what it is. Yes, <laughs> yeah. always tweaking, tweaking, always, it's just yeah. like your website, you know, right. it's like, how do we fix the SEO going here? Well, tweak it, you right. know, just add to it, take, you know, change things. It's the same thing, you yeah. know, with your messaging, you're still attracting and you're still, you're still connecting with people. But as you grow, you will tweak your message and mm-hmm. it'll happen organically. Yeah, that's one of the things that I tell my clients all it the time. Does. I'm teaching you the formula. I'm not just giving you your message. I'm teaching you the formula so that as you grow and as you transform your business, you'll be able to change your message as needed. That's
0: I, I absolutely love that. It's and and thank you for being so honest about how many times you've changed your messaging. It is one of the things that I tell people too. And sometimes I feel like they don't necessarily believe me. And I'm just like, there. <laughs> I have a podcast where so you listen. To it. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it, it is an interesting thing because, yeah, once you, I mean, you've been in business for seven years. I've had an iteration of personal branding for quite a while, but not at the level we're doing it now. And yeah, your messaging changes when you, you kind of, I, I mean, originally I thought my network, my message was really going to resonate on, um, on Instagram mostly. And I find that most of my clients right now are on LinkedIn, totally different and totally different messaging, totally different way you kind of put present yourself really. Um, And so I think that it's really important that people just, yeah. If you're stressed about being perfect, having it all right now, don't be because you are in good company with, with tweaking it and changing it as you go. Do you have anything more? I I just, I feel like you had something else to add.
1: I do, actually. Um, and one of the things that I tell people a lot of times, if you have a hard time memorizing a script Mm, yeah because you you want to be off the cuff you want to be more organic um you the best thing to do is become a really great storyteller Mm. and i have a client that i said that to one time because i had written a number of scripts for her and and she was a feng shui consultant Mm -hmm. and every time within invariably within two to three days i would get a phone call i'm not feeling it i just it just doesn't land and you know we would we would go back to the drawing board. But what I found about her was she was a really great storyteller mm. and she loved telling stories about her clients, but her stories went on and on and on and on. And, you know, people are dinging the bell and telling her to sit down. It wasn't and clear. it on going. No, it was not. Yeah. So I taught her how to create a 30 second message using my formula, but in story format. Mm. Well, the first time she stood up in front of this network of about 40 women that I, that I, um, networked with very early on in my business, people started applauding. Wow. Because they finally understood what it was that Rosita delivered for all of her clients. Yeah. And the change. And and you, she was just beaming. She was just beaming. It felt so natural for her. So I tell people a lot of times, if you can't remember, if you have a hard time remembering the exact words, mm-hmm. don't, you know, remember the formula because mm-hmm. the formula is what's going to keep you on track. Mm-hmm. And you'll be able to create a, a, a very short, sweet, succinct story mm-hmm. in the same way, following the same formula. I, that's,
0: I love that. I love, I love storytelling. It's, it's, I just naturally gravitate toward, oh my God, there was this time. that I always have like a, a, something that, you know, that relates or a client story or something that kind of happened in life. Um, and I, I love hearing stories and I love telling stories. So I love that you kind of add storytelling, the, the storytelling element to it. So I want us to kind of come back to networking because you because you really – that is one of the main purposes oftentimes of using a 30-second message. And um, it is one of the things that I have to admit that I, I'm not the biggest fan of. I don't like networking in the traditional kind of like here's a group of people and I'm just going to go around the room doing my 30-second message and things like that. So how – how has this really big shift to virtual networking how has it changed networking?
1: Um, I think the, the biggest change of virtual networking versus in-person networking is you're now in front of a global audience, mm. right? So the impact of being able to have a global reach, I have clients all over the world right now. I have clients in France, I have clients in Norway, I have a client that um, is in Israel. So there's it's amazing to me that I used to do all this little local networking, even in Philadelphia, where I was connecting with people from the tri-state area, but it was very local. Mm-hmm. When you think about it now, with being able to to network in online virtually, number one, you're saving time because you're not driving in the car, right? You're saving time not having all those long conversations after the meeting. And you're also saving money because you're not having to pay for a meal that you're not Probably not going to eat. Most of them are either breakfast or lunch, and it's not my kind of food. Yeah. So you know, there's there's the time savings, there's the money savings, but there's also the bigger picture is the global reach. Mm -hmm. Now, I absolutely love networking, and one of the things that I think people have a have a tendency to misunderstand networking because networking it's really about making connections. That lead to relationships, right? It's relationship building. Mm-hmm. Networking is not meant for you to show up, stuff your business card in everybody's hand, and walk away and hope somebody calls you. Yeah. It's really about making those intentional connections that lead to more conversations, lead to more introductions, mm-hmm. lead to referrals, and lead to business. Because when you start to create those relationships. Outside of the networking environment, that's where the magic happens. A lot of people don't understand that. They think that networking, you're supposed to show up and people are going to, everybody should be hiring me. I had actually had somebody say that to me everybody in this room needs my services I don't know why they're not using me you're like uh, okay bye. <laughs> you're not spending time with them yeah you're not building a relationship you're not educating them on what you do and how you care for your clients well so tell me a little um, bit
0: more about that so how can if you if you your idea of networking is the old school or, or just like I'm just gonna go power network with everybody and put a business card mm-hmm. in everyone's hand what if that is someone's what if that is this person's view of what networking is tell them how to be more intentional
1: yeah so i always i i love sharing with people how introverts like to network and introverts people who are introverted are very intentional about their networking they know who they're going to meet when they Mm. go there a lot of times they're looking to meet a very specific person or people like two or three people. They'll pick two or three people out in a room and make sure they make an introduction and have an intentional conversation with them. And then they'll invite them to either have a virtual coffee conversation or an in-person coffee conversation. And that's where the relationship starts to begin. That's where that know, like and trust factor comes into play. We all know that people do business with people they know, like and trust. If you know Bob Berg, you know what that means. And he the whole idea of networking is was never intended for, you know, hit and run. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. like I look at it because I've seen people do that. They yeah. just come in and they want to give everybody their business card and pick up a pile of business cards off the table. The next thing you know, they're on their email list. And that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. It's about relationship. We do business with people that we have a relationship with. So and I could see how referrals work as well.
0: I could see that working if you had an idea of who is going to be at an event prior to mm-hmm. being at, going to the event. So I mean, you were you were mentioning the, the, the networking events that you you've gone to, um, you know, were breakfasts and din- you know dinner events. I, admittedly, I I have never been to an event like that. The um, networking events that I've been to, maybe it's industry based that I'm that I've been in before, but they've been definitely um, based on you know meeting like angel investors and other uh, startup founders. Because I'm you know I was in New York and now I'm in Los Angeles, they were always cocktail based. You're always kind of standing. Um, and you don't always know who's going to be there. You may know who the investor is going to be and that kind of thing, but sometimes they're a little elusive. So how do you kind of figure out who to network with, who might be interesting if you don't have a a chance to really figure out who's going to be in the room? Do you have any
1: networking tips for that? I do. I find the event host. Okay. And just privately ask her, say, "Look, I, you know, I, I'm really, This is who I'm really looking to connect with. Okay, These are the type of people. Can you make an introduction for me? Nice. So it's always wise to get there a little bit early. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, make friends with the event host and and let them know. Look, I, you know, I'm coming. I, I've come a long way. I'm a little. You can just play on that. I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit shy. A little bit introverted. I, you know, I know who I would like to meet. Is are there people here that you think would be a good fit for for an introduction? And would you mind connecting? us when they show up. Interesting. And your yeah. event hosts are amazing. Yeah. They really are. They want people to connect there. That's their whole goal mm-hmm. is to make sure that people are connecting and getting the most out of an event. Mm-hmm. You can even call them ahead of time Yeah, and, and create a relationship. Okay.
0: That relationship building again. I love yep. that. It's yep. funny because I, I unintentionally did that. Um, <laughs> no, I, I literally, um, I went to a, a vet with, with like investors and people like that. It was a pitch event. You had to go up and do your um, like 90 second kind of uh, this is my business sort of thing. And um, I got there early. I met with a host and he, inv- he essentially met, introduced me at that particular moment to an angel investor that ended up investing in the business. So it, and, But it wasn't like, can you do this? I was just like, I'm here and he did. Um, so, right. I never, yeah. So, I guess I was lucky, but I definitely should have been more strategic about it because I could have left empty handed. Um, very interesting. Mm-hmm. I do like that idea. Because, yeah, I've mm-hmm. definitely have been in situations where you're like, I don't even know who, I don't even know where to start. Right. And that's, right. yeah. Then you're just kind of in that, <laughs> you know, just, I'm going to talk to all these people. And you inevitably talk to somebody that's just like, how do I get out of this situation? <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. The best way to ext- extract yourself from a situation where it's like this person is going on and on and on and yeah, on, yeah. you know, that this is not the person for you to be talking to is just say, hey, look, there, you know what? I would love to continue this conversation, but there's a lot of people here. I know you're looking to me and I would like to meet a few other people before we, you know, before the evening or before the event is over. Mm-hmm. So why don't we do this? Why don't you give me your business card and we'll schedule a time to have a convert a virtual chat. That's why if you do it virtually, you're a little bit more in control. And like you could, you can share that, Hey, I have a, a hard stop at yeah. such and such a time. So you're a little bit more in control of the conversation when somebody kind of corners you. Yes. Most of the time when people corner you in a conversation, it's because they're nervous. Yes, And if they found someone to talk to, it's like, you're their lifeline. Yes. And you're like, get away, please. Yeah. yeah. Oh my yeah, God. Or sometimes the best thing to do is draw someone else into the conversation. Mm-hmm. Like invite, you know, if there's somebody that's not talking to anybody just hey why don't you join us over here we're having a great conversation yeah and, yeah, yeah you know intro, you know introduce yourself to them that's another way to to kind of lighten the, lighten the moment yeah. when you're when you're feeling captive i've so, definitely um, been
0: held captive <laughs> so i yeah. really remember that <laughs> one so i always like to you've given a lot of tips so maybe um i would love it if you could kind of give like three five whatever kind of succinctly um like networking tips or maybe um, kind of your 30-second message tips, something that someone can kind of write down, work on after listening to this episode. Yes,
1: yeah, so I think the best thing to remember is n- number one, prepare. Mm. Right? Know what you want to say before you show up. Practice your 30-second message ahead of time. Write it down, practice it in the car. I still practice mine from time to time. And that way you're going to... Be more focused on the people in the room rather than on what you're going to say. Mm-hmm. So that's number one. Number two, be intentional about your networking, where you're networking, and who you want to connect with. Be, and what I mean by intentional is have a plan. Mm-hmm. Right? So you want to make sure that you have a plan. And then number three is remember to follow up. So if you gathered, you grabbed a few business cards, write a little note, what you want to follow up on. What did you talk to? What did you talk about with that person? What do you need to follow up with them? Send them a quick email after the event. Hey, it was great to connect with you. I really enjoyed our conversation about X. I'd love to schedule time to have a coffee chat if you want to. Yeah. Like if it's somebody you genuinely want to. Um, and and make sure that But the follow-up is so important. A lot of people miss out on opportunities because they don't do what they say they're going to do. So if you promised someone you were going to share some information with them, make sure that you do it. Yeah. If you promise someone you're going to make an introduction, make sure you're going that you do it. Follow through is a big, big piece of it.
0: Yeah, I think for me the hardest part is definitely the follow through. If it's at a big conference or something like that, where it's like multiple days and you're kind of like doing all of these events and you're networking with tons of people, sometimes I just get home and I'm exhausted. Cards, you know, a ton of cards or or other, you know, whatever screenshots on your phone or whatever it is to to return, you know to connect with somebody later. And yeah, then you jump back into work cause you haven't been working for however many days. And a lot of times I just, it doesn't happen. And I'm like, wow, I should have done it right then. Even when you're tired, do you have any tips for
1: that? I do. So make sure you have a template, okay. right? An email template, just like a standard template. Hey, loved meeting you at such and such an event. All you gotta do is plug in the event. Would love to schedule time to continue our conversation and look forward to hearing from you again soon. So that's number one. You, could, you can actually ask your VA, your admin, someone to send that out to you. I used to take pictures of the business card, send them to my VA and say, this one gets this template, this one gets this template. Nice. So she would know whether it was, and where, whether they were going into my CRM or not was another piece of it. Mm-hmm. The other thing that you can do, remember, they're just as busy as you are. So even if you reach, if it takes you a week or two to reach out, do it. Okay, You'd be surprised at how people respond to the fact that you still took the time to reach out to them. And mm-hmm. you can say, hey, you know, t- I know time has escaped both of us. I haven't had a chance to, to reach out. Wanted to follow up because I was thinking about our conversation just the other day and wanted to m- let you know that um, it still made an impression on me. Yeah. In certain simple situ- situations simple.
0: like that, I, I find myself kind of thinking like, what do I have to lose? Are they going to be like, right. oh, exactly. I hate you? Like, no, they're not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're probably just yeah, they're I- probably just <laughs> as busy. Um, and like, literally, exactly. who cares? Put yourself out there. Yep. Yeah, no one's yep. going to be like, you're a horrible human. Yep. I can't believe you emailed me. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. And if they, yeah this then, is something they appreciate believe. it even more. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just okay. had that conversation oh, with somebody the other day. Oh, you
0: person. Depth. Sorry, got mixed up. <laughs> you were the crazy one that was a, that was like trying to like, I was trying to like get off of me. Yeah. <laughs> I love those. I love this. Yeah. I know for me that networking is a very, very hard thing. So I always, um, I feel like I always gain the most information from this, um, from these kind of conversations. Cause I, I, yeah, I don't like it. I don't find that I'm a, um, I don't think I'm a shy person or an introvert, but sometimes it's just easier. It's comfortable if you find the one person to talk to, or if you're there with a friend or whatever, and, but you're not getting Mm -hmm. really the benefit out of, of the networking. So I'm, I love these tips.
1: They're so amazing. Yeah. Um, there's such, and you just hit on something else. That's a really great tip. Take a friend when you go to networking events, take a friend because that's kind of your lifeline. You know, if you're like me, and I have a little bit on that introverted tendency, mm-hmm. and I like get overwhelmed when there's a lot coming at me at one time, I'll like kind of withdraw and either go like to a you know like a corner, yeah, and <laughs> go to your corner, yeah, or my table and grab a glass of water, just kind of collect myself and and then reengage, or I'll find my friend, mm-hmm. right? Who's she having a conversation with? And then it doesn't feel so overwhelming yeah. to join that conversation yeah. with a friend.
0: I like that. I, I, I sometimes have a tendency to, to lean on them a little bit, but I, I actually went networking with a friend and she made me like, you know, you go over to that side, I'm going to go over here and we'll eventually meet up and it ended up being um, a pretty good thing. So I, I sometimes need this swift kick in the in the butt to, to do it, to get out of my comfort zone. Because, yeah, networking is not my comfort zone. I feel more comfortable in virtually networking. I don't
1: know. Do you find that people feel it's more comfortable in
0: one or the other?
1: I find virtual networking and when I very when I first started, I had a hard time okay. because I was so used to in-person networking. And when I did the virtual, I was like, oh my gosh, this is really strange. Not being able to read body language mm-hmm. and I can't use my hands. Like I was like trying to sit on my hands because I do the whole talking thing. Yeah. yeah. yeah forget that. Um, but then I just realized that people get comfortable, right? People get comfortable in whatever setting they're in. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some people who absolutely love the in-person networking because they want to get to as many people as they possibly can. They're huggers. They love the touchy-feely. They love being in person. They love spending time with people. They're the ones that are probably either getting there early and having conversations or staying late and having conversations and then inviting someone out to drinks afterwards, mm-hmm. Because they're they're just enjoying themselves so much, then you have people who absolutely love virtual networking because they see that it it frees up their time. Yeah, and you know it really gives them their time back. And I know the one virtual networking organization that I actually run a chapter for, the founder started it because she was doing traditional networking and it made her crazy all the time. She was wasting driving in her car, having deeper conversations. You know, showing up at a networking event where only half the people were seemed interested in being there. <laughs> so for her, it was like, I need to find a better way. Yeah. And that's why she launched a virtual networking group. You know, we even had to, to slow things down and, and figure out how to do virtual networking. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's amazing how many people who have really stepped into to enjoying virtual networking or a combination thereof. Yeah,
0: I, I, I yeah, I live in Los Angeles and um, I don't know how it is in Philadelphia, but basically if you leave your car you and you go anywhere, really, it's going to be at least three hours until you can get back home. Just the traffic is so bad. Like it's just, yeah. you know, it's it just so... Yeah. If you, if you have to go to... And, and another thing that's something only Los Angeles people will know is that you don't say how many miles away something is because that means nothing because it can take you an hour to go five miles. It, you literally have to say, it's oh, it's an hour away. So if I'm going 10 miles down the road and I know it'll take me an hour and 15 minutes... And I don't get any benefit out of it. I really just think, oh my God, I still have the same workload. So that's when the, I think maybe right. for me, the the virtual networking is a big thing because I don't have the stress of not being able to do what I need to do every day. And I think that yeah. was a lot of times right. the stress of just getting out there and, and yeah, you're like, right. oh my God, I'm going to be gone for five hours and <laughs> for this one hour event or whatever yeah. it is. So I, this is a, yeah.
1: And you know, it really does, it is a time consumer. And I used to, and I lived in Philadelphia. I mean, I lived right outside of Philadelphia pretty much all my life. And we just recently moved to Florida. Okay. So I'm getting used to the commuting issues here. But when I was in Philadelphia, I literally would take the train mm. because driving in and out of the city yeah. was, it was, and then parking, parking was, expensive mm-hmm. and hard to find. Mm-hmm. So it, it, would, it was just such a lifesaver to be able to take the train and it was way more relaxing. And it, it was like, I could at least get some stuff done on the train. Yeah. Whether it was reading, going through email, things like that. When mm-hmm. someone else is at the wheel, I'm okay. Yeah. Um, but I think again, going back to the fact that virtual networking is just such a time saver and the global audience. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just in love with a global audience being able to, I, you know, I have no borders when it comes to the work that I do. Yeah, it's it, I can communicate. I think that's
0: the coolest part. I th- I think because I, I um, belong to a couple of networking groups and people are all over, um, yeah, all over the U.S. and people I've met I've had on this show of like you we're know, in Australia and um, Germany and like it's so cool to be able to meet these people. You're like, wow fun. (laughs) I would have never met you if I was stuck in my LA bubble. So it it ends up really opening it up and you get a different perspective. So yeah, I definitely, I, I, I like the virtual networking for for many reasons, but that one is one as well. This has been like, yeah, I've so many great things. We could, I feel like we could talk for, you know, another 30 minutes. Um, but unfortunately, we can't. So uh, how can someone reach out to you? How can they connect with you?
1: The easiest way to reach me is at 30secondsuccess.com. That's my website. But I also use 30 Second Success um, for all my social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, all of all of my social media is at 30 Second Success. So it's easy enough to reach me, awesome. and, um, you know, but if you have questions, yeah. I'm here. Well,
0: I, you know, this was an amazing conversation. Thank you so much, Laura, for coming on the show and giving great, great tips and really actionable stuff that I think, um, you know, I, I know that I'm not the only one that kind of like doesn't like to do networking. So I think that people kind of got some really good tips that they can uh, take home and use, which is always a good thing. So thank you so much for, for being here and giving such great tips.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. This was fun. I really enjoyed our time together. Awesome. Well, thank you for listening and watching. Bye-bye.